I was certainly, as I mentioned, um, influenced <laughs> by the events of this week. And um, uh, during the whole pandemic, we, we seem like we constantly have these conflicting things going on in our lives where we're going to have these moments of beauty and, and the, the summer rain and, and, and grace and seeing the, the, the natural beauty all around us and seeing the gift of community. And then that's been interspersed with these moments of great chaos and, and violence and, and hatred and all these voices that just keep bombarding us and really taking that time just to, to ask ourselves, what, what does it mean to, to, to follow God? And what, what is God's voice? Where is God in, in all this chaos that, that we see in, in our world, you know, just sometimes on a daily basis there? And then we take uh, things that are going on nationally and just throw in uh, our normal ups and downs in our personal lives. And, and it can be quite hectic and, and uh, unnerving. And so um, 
the story of Christ certainly has much to, to tell us about how we live in, in such times here. So I have a, a couple different passages that I wanted to, to share. And the first one is from uh, First Kings, the, the 19th chapter. And this is from uh, about Elijah. And Elijah is running for his life and, he, and he's, he's frantic. And he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. And I love that verse, the sound of sheer silence. I think of those moments when you've been present, just in sheer silence and how much glory and peace there is in that moment. A sound of sheer silence. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he hears this voice of God speaking to him after all that noise and after all that chaos there. And then moving on to, to Luke. <clears throat> and so uh, Luke 5 here, starting with verse 15. But now more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad, and many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases. But he would withdraw to the deserted places and pray, seeking that, that sheer stillness as well. And we read this verse um, last week, but I thought it'd be good just to see this, this pattern that, that Jesus followed in, in his life. And now during those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer with God. And these are the, the words of God for uh, each and every one of us here today. And so as we take um, our lives this week, uh, just the, our personal lives, as, as well as things that uh, happen on a national level, especially with the, the storming of the Capitol, it's quite easy to... to to buy into the chaos, the hysteria, and, and the violence, and the hatred, and the finger pointing. And it's that time for us to really just kind of to sit back. And do we take moments? Do we create space for God to, to listen and discern uh, what is God saying to us? What is that wisdom? What, what is that wisdom leading us to do? And how is that wisdom leading us to be present in the world? Because there's so many voices that are trying to tell us what, what it is we should think and how we should act. So I wanted to take a few moments just to think about, do you take that time to, to be in solitude, to be in peace? And I also wanted to open it up, um, just kind of that, that elephant in the room, the, um, just the events at the Capitol and what's your reaction or what's your response 
was or is to those events as well. And so we can take some time uh, just maybe getting a little bit of off our, our chest there. So let us uh, take a few moments just to pray and to reflect, uh, to seek that, that silence there. Let us pray. Well, I'd kind of like to, to open this up and kind of along the lines of that which we deny, we, we, we cannot heal. And um, how our faith is always intimate, but it's never uh, private. And our, we live our faith in the world. And so with the, um, with the events on, uh, of last week, with the storming of the Capitol and seeing people going into those hallways and um, waving the Confederate flag and the, the U.S. flag and, and some of the T-shirts they had and Trump flags and, and the T-shirts they had, you know, making references to the, the, the genocide in Germany. It was just horrific. And uh, they were certainly speaking or exercising a voice very loud and clear. And so I wanted to ask you all, um, what was it like? What was your reaction uh, to those events? And, and not, not asking what you think about one political party or another political party or, or even our, our president, but just what was it like for you seeing those images and many of you are old enough to to remember the civil rights movement and mccarthyism and, and been through some a lot of history here and world war ii even and and to see that you know, what was that like terrifying that can be as well and then there's this fire and the fire i always imagine this fire just consuming the the mountain and he wonders if this is the end for him. And so the external forces, the external chaos and violence in the world, uh, I believe it just mirrors the internal storm within Elijah. His turmoil, his fear, his doubt. And he's an absolute wreck and he, he cannot sleep, he can't rest, and he's full of fear. He's full of all that darkness it's his dark night of the soul and we've all have probably been there at one time or another maybe we're there right now but then something beautiful and amazing happens in the silence elijah hears god's voice and i love that word in the sheer silence he hears god and after the events of last week many of us may feel a little bit like Elijah, where we're running, we're unnerved, we're locked up in our, our caves, our homes, in our communities, and, and we do not want to leave. So what do we do? How do we respond? What is God's will for us in this moment as a community, as a church? And these are really big questions. And as some of you mentioned, the answers are not easy. But I know with 100% certainty that God is speaking to us and nudging us towards the truth, towards a different way of life. And Henry Nowen, in the book that we're going to study in a couple of weeks here, uh, he says that to follow Jesus and to follow Jesus is to, to live the way of the cross, the way of love, the way of peace, the way of compassion. He says, to follow Jesus, we must make room, we must make space 
for God in our lives. And as many of you said, we have to learn to listen to that divine voice, that message of Jesus, God's voice and God's spirit speaking to us. We have to be still. And with all this chaos and commotion and violence and hatred, we have to carve out that space, that time to be still and to listen to that Holy Spirit pointing us in a, in a different direction. And Jesus did this continuously. He sought out, he needed, and he craved solitude. He craved that solitude in that prayer. And in prayer, in that sheer silence and solitude, Jesus heard God's voice. This one passage we read that the, the crowds came to, to hear him and, and to be healed. And he would withdraw to lonely places and he would pray. Other passage says he spent the whole night in prayer with God. And I think most of his prayer was probably contemplative prayer where he, where he was just listening. He was reconnecting to the truth, to the love, to the grace, to the goodness of God. And he knew that he and the Father were one. There was no separation between them. And I think about him basically being fed through prayer where he had the courage to go off that mountain, to go back into the world, to continue to heal and to love, to forgive and restore people. And even for him, it was a dangerous place for Jesus to be. People wanted to kill him. They wanted him gone. But he left that mountain or, or the safety of that inner place because he had that love and he had to share it with one another. And this is what we are called to do as well. So much like Elijah, Jesus heard a lot of conflicting messages in his life. And this is his humanity. One moment when Jesus is walking here on earth, people are singing Hosanna and praising him. And he, he raises uh, someone from the dead. And they say, see how he loved him. And they just can't get enough of him, patting him on the back. And what a wonderful person you are. And then the very next moment, those very same people are yelling, crucify him, kill him. We have to get rid of him. So he lived with that danger. He felt threatened throughout his life as well. But how he responds to it is where we can really learn. He spent that time in prayer, in solitude. And he continually need to hear that voice from, from his father, God, our fathers, telling him, you are my beloved son. You are love. You are peace. You are joy. You are goodness. You are gentle. And he knew that's who he was. As some of you mentioned, we know who we are. We have to continually remind ourselves or hear that voice from God reminding us of who we are. Not as Americans or women or men, but who we are as children of God. 
And we're called to manifest that love regardless of how angry or hateful or what people may say, we walk in love, in peace. And that takes a lot of time in prayer, a lot of time just hearing that voice reminding us of our true identity, our true self. And this is the voice that Jesus heard over and over. He needed to hear that constantly reminded of who he was that voice saying you are my beloved son with you i am well pleased and that voice is speaking to us you are my beloved daughters you are my beloved sons live out manifest that love that joy that peace in the world be the light be patient and he didn't let those voices, Jesus didn't let those voices of anger and hate and division define him. He was love incarnate. He was peace. And very much like Jesus and Elijah and Paul and Mary and, and Elizabeth and all those saints who have gone before us, <clears throat> we hear they heard all these different conflicting voices. And the way they stayed rooted in that, in that love and that grace is they spent that time in solitude in prayer, listening to God, listening to that truth. Because those other voices, those conflicting voices can be so powerful. And, and sometimes that's all that we can hear throughout the whole day between cable news and Twitter and all these different networks, all we hear all day long is this negativity and this violence. And we can start thinking that's all there is. But like Mary said, and many of you as well, there is light. In those words we say every Christmas Eve, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. That gives us hope. That gives us courage that we are called to walk outside of our, our caves and be love. We're not necessarily gonna change everyone's mind, but we are called to be love and to be peace. And that takes a lot of courage and a lot of faith. And we don't do it alone. That's why it's so great to come here together as a community where we can support each other and lift each other up because we are bombarded, just like Elijah, we're, we're bombarded by earthquakes and fires and high winds. We are bombarded by social media and, and cable news and, and political leaders and all of them telling us we have the answer. And Jesus says the answer is, is prayer. Spend time with that voice reminding you, reminding us of who we are. So can we trust that voice that says love and forgiveness and compassion is the answer? Because those other voices, some of you mentioned other voices will say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. It's about power. It's about violence and control. And that still small voice keeps saying it's about love. It's about empathy. 
It's about compassion. <clears throat> it's about learning to listen to one another. When Jesus prayed, he listened to God. And he did this at night in the early morning when things were more still. And in prayer, in the sheer silence, we hear God's message. You are my beloved daughters and sons. You are love. You are peace. You are patience. You are kindness and generosity. You are faithful. You are gentle. And that last fruit that, that Jesus talks about is self-control. That we can leave our, our homes and we can use self-control. <clears throat> that we resist the, the urge to, to get revenge, to get even, to, to be violent. And we make that commitment with God and that grace in us to walk in love and to walk in peace. And this is what will transform the world. <clears throat> and people are doing this. People of faith are doing this all across the world as we speak. And I think we are too. But it's a really slow process. It's a very slow process. But we do it with one another and that spirit of God moving in us. To pray is to let the voice of God speak to the center of our being and to permeate our whole life. And so where do we go from here? <clears throat> it's just spending time in prayer, spending time with that voice, but it doesn't keep us at home. It actually, we are led outside to show a different way of life. And there's certainly, there are risks involved in doing that. And Jesus was well aware of the risk, but he showed us a different way. And that's, that's what's needed. This is, if there's a moment in our life where we need to start living our faith, it's now. Then we need to walk outside and say, this is the truth and show that compassion love our neighbors. So prayer and stillness and solitude, they transform us in our world from inside out. And my prayer for myself and all of us today is that we can just hear that voice and that we can be the change that we want to see in the world. Amen. Okay. Love incarnate, love divine, star and angels gave a sign, bow to babe on bended knee, savior of humanity.
Amazing. 